Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey, first of all, I want to say I think you have a terrific show. Uh, I listen to it regularly, and I've learned a whole lot, so I really appreciate it. Looking at CGW, the Invesco S&P Global Water Index. And provides unbiased answers. It's going to be in more and more demand, clean water. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Invest Talk. Over 37 million downloads and counting. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 14, 2022. Well, if the market dynamics over the past few days or weeks uh, are surprising to you, it could be that you have not yet accepted the fact that we're in a period of change. Change can work to your advantage or disadvantage, especially when you're you've got a portfolio to build and protect. So, how? How you react to change will make a big difference going forward. When I say change, I'm talking about the change in position of the Fed. From being easy money to tighter money. Notice I'm not saying tight money. I'm just saying tighter money. They've changed. They're going to, instead of leaving interest rates very, very low or lowering them, they have said they're going to start raising them. That's a major policy shift by the Fed, and that's going to change the dynamics of the stock market, and we're seeing it happen. So, you need to think about that when it comes to your portfolio. And of course, you want answers specifically directed at whatever you want to talk about with your situation, so you can call me. I really do like answering the questions, and you can call me anytime you want. But right now we're live. You can call me live and speak to me. I would love to do that. You know, we all have to work on our financial future. We all do. So on today's program and podcast, I will operate with the same mission statement I talk about every day, independent thinking and shared success. We think independently and we'll share it with you. Okay, I'm willing to do that. I want to do that. We like doing it. That's what this show is all about and has been from the very onset. We're talking 23 years or so we've been doing this. So we want to help you. We're willing to help you. We want to teach. And if you want to learn how to manage your own finances, your own portfolio, you can do it. It's not, you know, you don't need to hire people. You can do it. You just got to have the interest and the time to do it. That's all. So I'm going to give you facts. Whatever whatever questions that I can answer for you will be full of facts. Okay, so please give me a call. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to call. You're live, we're live right now. You could push the show in the direction you want. I don't care as long as it's financial. I'm with you. So you can interact with me right now. We're live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. The point, uh, and if you can't call then, you can always still leave the question, and we call it our voice bank, uh, and we'll answer the questions on, later. So the number's always the same: eight 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 ninety nine chart. 
So let's get right to our first listener line question. Let's oh, we got a live call. Let's go right to Mark in New Jersey. Hi, Mark. Hi, Steve. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for all of your insights. Thank you. Uh, your insights continue to, on a day like today, prove just right on the money. So, thought I would call and ask you about the ticker symbol HBAN in the regional bank sector. Is this uh-huh. just another regional bank, or is there some good value to be uh, attained here? I think this bank has good value. Uh, I've I've looked at it. It's on my list, uh, and I kind of like this bank. Holding company for Huntington National Bank. It's called Huntington Bank Shares, HBAM. Uh, they have three, 828 um, offices in Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Kentucky, you know, that area, Kentucky. Um, they were going to make 95 cents this year. That was up 38% from last year. Uh, they're going to make a dollar thirty-seven next year. Another forty-four percent. It's a seventeen dollars sixty-three cent stock. Now it has come up well from about eight dollars to COVID low uh, to seventeen sixty-three. So the question is, does it have more room to grow? Can it go higher? Can it? Can, and I, I'm my 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 opinion is is it can. It broke out. Okay, of of. The top, it was topping about almost seventeen dollars a share. And now it's seventeen sixty three. So it's broken out a bit here, and the, hopefully they can carry it forward. It's still a good value with you know uh, about a twelve PE or so. Um, that's in the middle of their range. A little low on return equity, seven percent. They don't have a lot of debt for a bank. That's surprising. Good cash flow. Mutual funds are buying, have been buying last year. So it's a good bank. It's really a good, solid bank. So good luck with it. Okay, thanks for the call, Mark. I do appreciate it. 888 chart is our number. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headline, Estimates Project That Profits for the S&P 500 Companies Rose 22% in the Fourth Quarter. 22%. Do you remember how much it rose in the third quarter? How much do you think it's going to raise, go up in this quarter we're in now? That's really the question. This quarter, next quarter, the rest of this year, that's really what we want to know. So we'll talk about that, okay? Um, um, I want to talk about retail sales today, too. They came out, the numbers for December, they came out today. Uh, switching careers. You know, I did that myself. I, I thought we'd touch base, and I'll give you a little story of how I did it, Okay. So if we can touch on that. And finally, Amazon has three areas it thinks has potential for better growth going forward. Do you know what those three areas are? If you own Amazon, it'd be something you should know. So that's what we're going to discuss. Of course, whatever you want to discuss is first. The market was mixed. The Dow was down 201 points. The NASDAQ rose 87 points. Well, that was a big change where the NASDAQ beat the Dow. That's been opposite. And the S&P 500 was up four points. So a little decent, a little better market today. But, you know, this marks the second week in a row where the markets have been down. And did you know that the NASDAQ is down almost 10%? Okay, so uh, that's what we're dealing with. Will it continue? Well, we what? no one really knows, really. Okay, um, so... No trivia question today because I will use the time to share highlights of the KPP Premium Newsletter. It comes out every, well, we mail it out every Saturday. I finish it on Friday. 
So we'll talk about that at the halfway point of the show. So we are headed into a quick break. I'm here ready to answer your questions. 888-99-CHART. No two investors have an identical portfolio. So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888 99Chart. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I'm calling about Vertex Pharmaceuticals. It's currently trading close to $220. Morningstar has it valued at $276. Also, Barron Investment Newspaper is bullish on it as well and has it valued at $265. Wanted to get your opinion on what you think about this stock's fundamentals, what valuation you may have, and at what price would be good to purchase this stock. I will be waiting to hear your answer on the podcast. Thanks for all you guys do. Okay, uh, Vertex Pharmaceuticals, VRTX develops and commercializes therapies for the treatment of cystic fibrosis. It's a $59 billion company, so it's quite large. Uh, earnings are going to be $12.95 a share this year. That was up for, uh, let me take that back, $12.95 for $12.95 a share for last year, 2021, then $13.61 up more this year. So, and the sale, this is a growth stock. The sales growth has been 29% in last September, and before that was 18%, 14%, 15%, 62%, 62%, 70%. So sales growth has been quite strong, okay? So the question is, it's a growth stock, not a value stock, and does it have more potential to go up? And the answer is yes, it does. But you're buying a growth stock, okay? Has very good return on equity, 37%. The reason, why I'm, the reason why I'm harping on the fact that you're buying growth stocks is because they haven't been in favor lately. Okay, um, but this one's done well this week. It's two hundred thirty-four dollars a share. Going to make thirteen sixty-one next year. So that means the stock is probably, and then with the sales growth, it's probably worth every bit of two thirty-four, and probably worth maybe two fifty. But if growth stocks are not in favor, it's going to have a hard time getting there. Now this was as high as three hundred dollars a share. You know, and that was back in June last year. I actually could see it getting back to that number at some point if the sales growth continues as it is. So good, solid growth stock. Okay, let's go to George in Washington State. Hi, George. Hi, uh, hi. how's it going? 
Good. Thank so you for the call. I have a uh, question about stack ticketable uh, builders, BLDR. Okay. The builders for source. I mean, they had a good run the last year. I'm kind of expecting them a little bit retrieving, but I think they still should do well this year. Okay. And I I'm think... looking for the entry point. Okay. Uh, manufacture structural and related building products for residential new construction in the United States. Builders first source. Of course, you know, they have done very, very well. Uh, they're going to make $8.88 this, this for 2021. That's the best they ever did was $3.31, and that was the year before, $33.11. Next year, though, only $6.61. So you got to... You know, building is probably, their sales are probably going to sell down, even though they're very good right now. Another growth stock. Uh, they have a little more debt than I'm comfortable with. The return on equity is very good at 37%. And their PE range is between 4 and 18. And if they make $6.61, that PE is going to be about 12, Right. So it's a little bit more than halfway there. So I think you're taking a bit a bit of a risk on this stock at this point. It's done very very well, so well that I'm I'm a, I'm I would wait for a pullback before I enter this company uh, because of its strength that it's had. I mean, it, you've done so well, you're now chasing that performance. It's gone up really strong in the last couple of years, and uh, I think it's going to have a decent pullback, and I'd wait for it. Good, solid company, though. Thanks, George. Appreciate the call. Carl, Oceanside, wants to talk about Disney. Hi, Carl. Yes, um, I got hammered by Disney today. today. I bought I bought Disney at 158. Uh -huh. I'm wondering what is their valuation. I okay. think the valuation is still very high. I'm thinking to sell it short. Okay, um, so you bought it long, thinking it's going to go up, and now you want to switch and sell it short, thinking it's going to go down. Is that what, is that what yes. I heard? Okay. Walt yes. Disney Company, DIS, Worldwide Entertainment Company. Everybody knows who Disney is. They have three drivers of earnings. There are theme parks, movies, and TV. And, of course, they are pretty big in the toys as well. Um they have very good growth going this year. They're $4.11 per share. That's almost an 80% increase from the year before. And next year, they're going to grow another 36%, $5.61. But the stock is $151, so it is pretty darn pricey, pretty expensive, okay? Um, we're talking about, what, a 30 PE, close to a 30 PE. So that's pretty high, and it's got to justify that with growth. Well, right now, sales growth, just sales growth, not earnings, is now, for last quarter, September quarter, was up 26%. Before, that was up 45%. And of course, you're comparing that with the year-ago quarters where they're COVID-related. So I, I think it's pretty high. I don't know if I'd be a buyer of that for sure. Um, I think the stock is probably worth, more like uh, $110, $115 a share. But I hate shorting companies that earnings are growing this strong and sales are growing this strong. I, I, I don't think I would short it because it's just a very strong company, even though it is overvalued, and I could see a, a, a pullback. I can't. It already has pulled back from $200 down to 151 So now is it going to go 
further down, it could easily go further down. But I still don't think I would short it. Not here. Carl, appreciate the call. Well, our Fridays are always busy, and we're off to a pretty good start. So thanks for your thanks for your questions, everybody. I'll take a break. Keep calling. 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Richard in Santa Clara. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. Actually, it's Santa Clarita. Oh, <laughs> oh it is Santa Clarita. I'm sorry. My wife went to the college there, so yeah, I should know that. Sorry. Ah, okay. Hey, first of all, I want to say I think you have a terrific show. Uh, I listen to it regularly, and I've learned a whole lot, so I really appreciate it. Appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Uh, My question is, in terms of uh, this question would be uh, a buy and hold on, uh, you know, a 15-year, you know, buy and hold type thing. Looking at CGW, the Invesco S&P Global Water Index. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, in terms of commodities, it seems like, you know, water may be one of those really valuable commodities in the future. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, long-term hold, just, uh, you know, 15-year hold, let's say, uh, okay. for something like CGW? Okay. CGW, everybody, is the Invesco S&P Global Water ETF, it's exchange-traded funds, seeking performance corresponding to the Standard & Poor's Global Water index okay so it's all about water globally and i think you're right i think it's a a commodity that is going to be in more and more demand clean water and harder and harder to find so i kind of like the play it has run up quite a bit from the covid covid low of what 30 or so a little more maybe in the high 20s now today it's 56 um so i think let's take a little deeper look yeah it's it, it should find support at 55 dollars it should and that's where it went today uh 56 12 today but it, it, and I, that's where there's pretty strong support at 55 dollars so i might if if i were you take a position here maybe a half position and if you'll be patient enough when the recession comes whenever that happens Maybe add into your other half. If you're a 15 year holder, there's no big rush, right? And right. so I might take the only reason why I'm saying maybe take a half position here because it looks like this is a good support number. But um, during a recession, everything goes down, everything. Yeah. So right. my worry is, is what if you buy it now? It goes up to 70. We hit a recession. It comes down to 60 or 55. You should have bought more. You should have bought the whole thing, right? I mean, that's my worry, but I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. And then wait for the recession or a huge correction. Okay, appreciate the call, Richard. I think it's a good choice. CGW, everybody. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headline. Estimates project that the profits for the S&P 500 companies rose 22% in the fourth quarter. Okay, how good is that? Well, that's very good, actually. Do you know what the uh, 
average is, average profits for the S&P 500, it's more like 13%, in case you were wondering. Now, of course, the fourth quarter, remember, we're up, the whole year we're up about 50% more than we were up in 2000, you know, for the year before, 2020. And, of course, that's all about COVID, right, coming back from that. Now, what will the goal look like going forward? I think we're probably going to see more to the return of normal, maybe in the 13% area. So the question is, will the profit margins get squeezed? Remember I've said on this radio many times that during an inflationary time, corporations can raise their prices and still keep their profit margins many times because people expect higher prices. And that's exactly what happened in the last couple of quarters. Companies have raised their prices to continue to hold on to their profit margins. Okay. Can they continue to do that? How long can they continue to do that? Well, if inflation's still a problem, they can keep doing it. Now, will, will inflation remain a problem? Well, I heard, did you read today that China uh, closed down all of its major ports? Not all of ports, but all of its major ports because of the new COVID variant. Uh, and that is going to continue the disruption of the supply chain. And that's been one of the reasons that we are able to raise the prices. Also this week, CPI and PPI numbers. CPI numbers rose inflation to an annualized 7% from 6.8. The good news on inflation was the PPI number was cut, which is that producer price index from the producer level. The rise was cut in half month over month. So it's hard to keep pushing the top line if the uh, you know for the retail portion of inflation if the wholesale inflation is not pushing it up. You know, so we're we might get a little break here, but then again, what if that supply chain gets more disrupted? Remember, it's already disrupted, right? We already know that. We're hoping that it start to return to normal this year, and I'm still I'm still betting that by the end of the year we'll be much more normalized. But we will see. Fed policy, we're going to raise interest rates. That will probably slow inflation. Yeah, there's different competing forces out there. The stock market will be closed on Monday for the Martin Luther King holiday. So we have prepared an all-new Best of Caller Questions compilation show. You can download that podcast for free at investtalk.com. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Back in a few minutes. Now is a good time to call InvestTalk. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties. Got a question for Steve or Justin? What do you think a target price to get in would be? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. 
brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Dan from Wisconsin. I would like to know your opinion on Cigna Healthcare CI. Thank you very much. Bye. CI is Cigna Healthcare. No, not C. CI. There it is. Provides managed healthcare services through HMO, PPO, blah, 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 different plans. They cover over 3 million customers. It's an $80 billion company. Big blue chip kind of thing. Pays a 1.7% dividend. Uh, mutual funds have been steady for the last year. 2,600 mutual funds are institutional buyers. Uh, and they own about 55% of the company. They're going to make $22.46 next year. That was up $0.04 cents from this year. This year meaning 2021. Next year, 2022. Um. They're $242 stock, so you're looking at what, about a 13.5 PE? The range is 7 to 20, so it's right in the middle of the range. The valuations are probably pretty fair, reasonable at this point. Um, turn equity is 14%, not bad. 
there is, there's got to be a catalyst for me to want to own this. And that catalyst, this is a big blue chip stock, okay? That catalyst has to be something like COVID, COVID when it first came on board and the stock fell to about $125 to $130 a share. That could be considered a catalyst or some other thing to drive it higher than 242 because that's near its all-time high. It got up to about two, let's see if I can determine exactly how high high is. Yeah, it got up to 272.61 in May of 2021, okay? So that's its high it's ever been. And can it go to that number? Sure. But um, that's only, what, 13 14% from here? See, there's not, an upside, not a, uh, enough upside reward for me to be a buyer. So I'm going to say no, okay? The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers and uh, clients tomorrow. Okay, the market conditions section is section one, the first section. I explained that the market is continuing to demonstrate strong volatility. This is a stage to which investors are going to have to become accustomed. This year, the Fed will push interest rates up and continue to slow their bond buying because they are determined to reduce liquidity. The fear of that reduction is causing investors to reassess their stance, in many cases, moving away from high-priced stocks to more value-oriented names. That process is likely to continue. The Fed believes it can reduce liquidity and prevent the economy from falling into recession. At the same time, the Fed may or may not be overly concerned about inflation. We say that because the Fed has yet to state that they think inflation is a problem. I mean, they know it's high, right? They know it's high. They'll say that. But do you remember, I, I wrote in here, do, do you remember them talking about a couple of years ago when inflation was around 2.5%, the Fed clearly told us that it was going to let inflation run up more than normal since we had a number of years below normal inflation. So does that mean that 7% is what they were had in mind? What is normal? I even wrote that in the newsletter. The long-term inflation rate around 3.3%. So regarding inflation, we had a couple of reports out this week revealing December's inflation numbers. Okay, we know that that's out there. We talked about that. I'll talk about it a bit more um, as it still goes on. But, you know, inflation is peaking. We know it's pretty high. Can it get higher? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm a little concerned that the Chinese are shutting down more ports from COVID, and that's going to be more disruptive. Uh, but it really depends on how much money is being spent out of Washington. How much more will they print? And we don't know yet. The portfolio management section, I explain building a watch list is an important step in your process for monitoring future opportunities. With more than 8,000 stocks to choose from, managing an efficient process to pare the numbers down is crucial to maintaining a competitive edge here. A well-organized watch list requires an understanding of our modern market environment. It also entails comprehensive comprehension of how different levels of capitalization impact price development and how 
various sectors react to catalysts over time. And when I'm talking about capitalization, you know, I'm talking about, you know, where this money goes. Where is it being spent? Now, stock ideas, I, I engaged in oil and gas. I explored an oil and gas company that wasn't very big in Canada, which I liked. I picked that one out personally. This Last year's earnings have spiked, and next year's earnings will fall, but the stock is undervalued. It pays a 2.2% dividend and has strong fundamentals. And I mentioned a pullback would be a good entry point. And I looked at a large company that manufactures uh, corrugated consumer packaging for the healthcare, personal care, food industries. The earnings and sales are rising, and the stock is currently undervalued. They carry little debt and pay a 2.1% dividend. A couple of stock ideas. Both companies are have have deep values, I think. So I think that they're pretty good choices to put on your watch list. Okay? So that's the newsletter. Um, there's a consumer watch section also um, that I put in there every 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 week. And so I, I think it's a valuable resource to you. There's a good deal of information that I think you could use in the KPP Premium Newsletter. When you subscribe at investtalk.com, you'll receive the newsletter each Saturday morning via your inbox. Subscribe, you can subscribe at investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's, no spaces, investtalk.com. So let's go back to the Investtalk Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Duncan here from New York. Uh, very interesting start to the new year for all investors, and thank you for all that you do. I uh, just got a quick question, just rebuilding my portfolio for 2022, and I am looking forward to starting off with uh, getting an ETF for the S&P 500. I'm looking between two. One is VOO, and the other one is SPLG the Vanguard SP 500, and I think the Spider Portfolio 500. As of right now, they basically have obviously the same holdings, but it looks like and the net expense ratio is the same, 0.03%. Wouldn't like an average investor like me go over the SPLG because it's only $54 and the Vanguard is about like $400? I could probably get more of a return with the SPLG over long term. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the answer to the show. Bye. Okay, that's incorrect, that thinking that you'll get more over one because the price of the ETF is different. Because both of them are tracking the same thing, the S&P 500. So if the S&P 500 goes up 10%, both these will go up 10% regardless of their price. Okay, so don't think in terms that because of one's higher price than the other that they'll be different. They won't. They're tracking the same index. Okay, now, I think you're going to get a decent correction. I don't know if it's this this time, but sometime this year you're going to get a decent correction, and that's when I'd be a buyer. And and following the S&P or buying the uh, index, an index ETF or an index mutual fund is a good way to invest in the stock market. So, therefore, you want the lowest price, the lowest cost one, not price, the lowest cost and you're telling me that both have the same cost bases as far as uh, their internal cost structure. Usually, I always say Vanguard is the, you know, is known for having the lowest cost structure. 
when it comes to our mutual funds. But, you know, it should be very, very inexpensive because they're just tracking index. They're not actively trading anything. So, so no, so you get the same return no matter what the price of the ETF is. Same percentage return. Okay. You know, on Fridays, I generally take time for a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers. Two-year treasury yield, 0.86%. That's how much they'll pay you. Three weeks ago, it was 0.64. So, obviously, the yield has gone up. And the 10-year has done that, too. It was 1.76. And last week, it was 1.76 also. Uh, what I've noticed is the the, the you, you're really looking at the... the um, Yield curve. Now, is are are these two yields uh, getting closer together or spreading out? Well, you would have to say they're getting closer together. If there ever is an aversion, meaning the two-year paying more than ten, the recession will follow. We don't know how soon, but it will. Uh, gold, eighteen fifteen, one thousand eight hundred fifteen dollars per ounce. Last week it was seventeen hundred ninety-six. So it's moving up a bit. Silver, 22.87. Last week, 22.38. Moving up a little bit. Oil is selling for $83.94 a barrel. Justin thinks in the next couple of years it's going to be $200 a barrel. I said, I don't think it'll get that high, but it could. I think it's going up. I think, remember, last week it was $78 a barrel. This week is eighty, almost $84 a barrel. Okay? But six weeks ago, it's $66 a barrel. So it's going up. National average for a gallon of regular gasoline, $3.30. So why is it going up, everybody? Why? Well, I think, number one, there's a pretty good demand for it. Number two, the politics has had the uh, big oil companies around the world squeeze their capital expenditures. And in fact, European big oil, I talked about... uh, I wrote about it that uh, they're going to be little oil. They're not going to spend money on looking for more oil. Well, okay, because they want to go clean energy. I understand that. Okay. But that's going to make oil prices get more and more volatile and probably rise. So, and we're almost $5 a gallon here in California. $5 a gallon. The average is $4.65 in California, but... You know, they're, you know how rural Northern California is above San Francisco. And that's half the state is above San Francisco. But you go down to the, the you go down where I live, it's close to five dollars a gallon. It's going to six easy, I think. And for comparison, Missouri, I don't really want to live in Missouri, but Missouri is only paying two dollars and ninety-seven cents a gallon. We'd love to get their oil, their gasoline prices, but I'm not. That's not happening. Okay, retail sales came out today, and retail sales fell 1.9%. They expected to fall one-tenth of 1%. And the month before, this is for December. The month before, November, it rose two-tenths of percent. Not good. If you take out autos, those are big ticket items. Let's take them out and see how maybe they're be- the retail sales are better. No. Retail sales without autos is down 2.3%. <laughs> So, not a good number at all for December. December is usually a spending month, is it not? No, not this year. 
So that's kind of a concern. Is it because of COVID worries? I think so, because we know that certain states, certain big cities, you know, have kind of tightened the screws a little bit, and that reduces sales. Anyways, before the end of the show, I would like to get to talking about switching careers. I did that, you know. Now, I will say this. I was uh, in the, you know, I was, because we do have time. Okay. Well, I was, I started in the insurance business out of college in New York City. I graduated here in California, but my first real job out of college was in the city, in New York. And I worked for an insurance company and I really didn't like being in the insurance company. So I'm trying to figure out a way to do something that I was interested in. And I, you know, I was really interested in money. But I didn't know how to make that switch. But, you know, I looked internally at the insurance company, insurance industry. How can I get over to managing money? They have big departments in managing money. You should always, if you want to switch careers, you're not happy with what you're doing, remember, you're going to compete with people that have been in that career. So you've got to find a way to do it. And one of the best ways is look inside your own company and that because they know you. Hopefully they like you and they'll give you a shot. And that's how I switched careers from being in the underwriting claims department over into the financial department. Now, the financial department, my first job was, you know, setting up reserves for claims in foreign currencies and was in the currency area. So that was my step into the different career. So I think that's the best way to do it. Best way to do it. Switching careers inside the company if they like you as an employer, you better make sure they do. That's your job, right? Your job is to be valuable to the company. I never had, ever got laid off in all my years, ever, because I was valuable to the company. Make yourself valuable. Okay? How do you do that? You be helpful. You be, you be uh, on time. Show that you're a great employee. Try to... And try to get to know the people that are up-and-comers inside your company. Make friends. Make connections. That's how you do it. One of the ways you do it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. Been talking about that for umpteen years. And, of course, we continue that work here after this break. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Yeah, this is James from Georgia. Guys, I just saw a very a commercial very compelling about silver. It's from Lear Capital. And it had this one gentleman and he was wearing these glasses. Very, very smart looking. And he stated unequivocally that he likes silver. So what do I do? Do I buy a big old chunk of silver and stick it in the basement? Is that what I'm supposed to do? If, you know, if there's all this uh, like and love for silver... I'll listen to the podcast and wait for your answer. We really enjoy the show. Okay, well, I wouldn't. And try to remember, that's a sales pitch, okay? Uh, I don't like sales pitches. 
Now, I do think silver is probably going to go back up, uh, and I think it's found support because it was weak almost all last year. Okay, um, so I think it will go back to its high point and probably exceed that. When, I don't know, but I would not buy a chunk of silver. If you wanted to invest in silver, I would invest with using an ETF of silver, okay, that follows the price of silver because then you could sell it. If you buy the silver, it's okay. I have I have silver coins I kind of like. They're old and kind of neat to have them. But I, I, I think I would buy this... We would own a silver mining company, or the, you can buy an ETF of a silver mining company, or an ETF that tracks the price of silver. Okay, so that's what I would recommend it if you're going to get into that. But don't buy, you know, too much. You know, make it part of an overall balanced portfolio. That's all, gold and silver. I think should be at this point part of that. Okay, I'm amazed that. Silver and gold did not rise last year because they go up if inflation goes up. Well, they didn't last year. Inflation's spiking because the dollar also went up. Don't, you know, gold and silver go up if the dollar goes down in value. Well, that didn't happen last year. So, you know, it's kind of frustrating for those of us who know how things move that, well, not always true. Remember, I've said it many times, should do this, but it doesn't have to do that. Now, so we're looking, if the dollar weakens, you probably should see silver and gold uh, go up. What would drive the dollar to weaken? Well, if the Fed is raising interest rates, that's not going to weaken the dollar. That'll strengthen the dollar. See, so there's competing forces happening. It's a tough call. Amazon has three has its sights on three areas to produce some growth for them. First, faster delivery program. They want to make their deliveries same day, all of them. Same day deliveries is what they're going to shoot for. They think that will spur growth. Two, pushing the grocery grocery delivery business. Now, that. You know, there's already competitors out there, right? There's already grocery delivery services out there. Amazon gets involved in that, it'll probably crush everybody else, right? I mean, think about it. They already have their vans everywhere. But groceries are a little bit different, perishable goods, but we'll see. That's what they think that will be a driver for them. And three, increasing sales of business supplies. That's not a big part of their business, and they want to get into that in a much bigger way. Well, does that mean uh, staples and uh, what the other train? Are they going to be in trouble? They're already in trouble, by the way. So, yeah, they're not. So, Amazon could easily work its way in there, in my opinion. But that's what they think. That's what Amazon think will be some drivers for them this uh, new year coming up. And I, and they, they're probably right. You know, Amazon, whenever they got into any kind of business, they seem to dominate. That's been true for a long time now. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investile program, everybody. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family and members about the free podcast. We appreciate that. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. 
Your positive rating raises our profile, but you can rate us negatively if that's how you see our show. That, you know, it's totally in your hands. But we would appreciate you to rate us. We would. Because Justin and I have confidence that you're getting something out of the show. The stock market will be closed on Monday for the Martin Luther King holiday. So we have prepared an all the best of caller question compilation show. You can download that podcast for free at investtalk.com. Independent thinking, share success. Have a great long weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.